What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and the NFL Scouting Combine. The drills begin today. Defensive linemen are taking the field as we speak. It's an exciting time in the NFL right now. We're finally getting back into the swing of things a little bit of a down period for a few weeks following the Super Bowl, but now the Giants are busy, very busy, interviewing prospects, speaking with different teams, working out trades, working out deals with free agents, impending free agents. Now's the time for them to get all that stuff situated before the new league year, which is in only a couple of weeks here, is when free agency will begin. So some exciting times right now for NFL fans and for the New York Giants, who again are interviewing a lot of the top prospects in this draft class. And that's what we're going to discuss in today's episode. The Combine. Who are the Giants interviewing? Who are they scouting? Who are they having conversations with and trying to pinpoint as potential targets in the upcoming draft? That's what we're going to discuss and give you guys all that information on who they're meeting with in today's episode. But before we do so, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Ring the bell so you don't miss the episode and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? Before we dive into those specific individual players that the Giants are meeting with, what is your overall vibe and reaction and feelings towards the NFL scouting combine and what the Giants have been doing and who they've been meeting with so far? Well, it's kind of interesting because it seems like a lot of players are not testing this year. A lot of the top players are kind of uh, dodging the combine. A lot of the ones that had good senior bowl performances are saying, no, thank you. And that's ultimately, if you are if you were a fringe first-round guy, if you were a second-round projection and you did really well at the senior bowl, I think a lot of those guys are not participating in the combine and, you know, letting the scouts kind of see those see those performances um, elsewhere. And then, obviously, a lot of them are getting nice little boosts. Um, some of those cornerbacks who stood out and even receivers could be getting boosts from their senior performances so i think it's in their best interest to not test at the combine maybe do the measurements but that's all some of those guys are doing that i know a lot of the quarterback prospects are not throwing um so you know but they are there they're meeting with all the teams you know getting to know them you know kind of gauging their character they're waiting to their pro days to really showcase what they can do in a more um i guess one of those scenarios where like it's a Zach Wilson effect where like you men managed to get your way into like a top 10 pick because you went into a gym with shorts and ma- managed to make some ridiculous throws that made everyone's jaw drop and you know it's a it's one of those situations that's constructed to benefit the player the combine's a little bit more like you go through this gauntlet of tests and it's not designed to help the player it's designed to test them whereas the pro the pro um, days are more so like we're going to showcase our strengths and not our weaknesses in like very orchestrated um, scenarios. So, you know, I think it's in the best interest of some of these players to not participate in the combine. However, I do like seeing it because it means that they're open to the challenge. And I think teams do appreciate that. But love the combine. We're getting all this information, news, players that the Giants are targeting, or rather not targeting, but just showing interest in, meeting with, starting to kind of uh, check out some personalities and characters. There's a couple players the Giants have already met with. Of course, they've already met with the majority of the quarterback prospects, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams. I know Drake May, obviously, is on the list as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a gander at, you know, Bo Nix and Michael Penix and Spencer Rattler. It'd be foolish not to consider all of those players. So um, I do think that right now, and not to mention J.J. McCarthy, they're going to be looking at everybody. But, you know, there's a lot of other talent here the Giants are also interested in. A lot of mid-round, second-round picks that, if the Giants end up keeping all their draft capital, will be really exciting young players uh, to consider and young guys at that. So, developmental upside. Um, you know, I want to start out with one of them, Darnay Holmes' cousin, Kalen Bra- uh, Bullock. Kalen Bullock is from USC. Uh, really solid, rangy, free safety. A guy that has starting impact potential um, on day one. Now, I think that he's probably 
best to develop for a year behind a player or like, you know, kind of that injury supplement and then take over a full-time job. So if you're the Giants right now and you're thinking to yourself, well, what happens with Xavier McKinney? What if he walks in free agency and free agent class is really, really thin aside from him and Antoine Winfield Jr.? You may have to look to the draft for a player like a Kalen Bullock. And Kalen Bullock has really good speed, really good size in terms of his uh, wingspan and his frame at six foot three. Could stand to gain a little bit of weight. Amazing coverage grades. He's not the best run defender. You know, McKinney's known for his tackling ability to come and help in run defense. Kalen Bullock is certainly not that type of player. However, if he gains a little bit more mass, has plenty of, uh, of room to grow in that area, he could develop into a player who could support in the run game. However, his coverage is stellar. You know, a guy that will step in and be a good free safety from a coverage perspective um, on day one. So, you know, what are your thoughts on Kalen Bullock, a guy that is coined uh, the nickname Super Glue because his hands are so good, um, does not drop passes, and you love rangy free safeties who do not drop the ball because that means more interceptions. Um, so I do like that about him, and I think his top speed, he topped out almost at 22 miles an hour last year on a pick six. Dude has legit talent. Could be a guy that if the if the Giants do lose out of McKinney, um, they could pivot to a guy like him in the second round or even the, the early third if he managed to slip that far. Yeah, and I'd even say that if they don't lose out on McKinney, Kalen Bullock can still be an option for them because he is so good in coverage that maybe they try and test him out in the slot or out, out wide even. You know, a lot of these defensive backs enter the NFL having played one position, expecting to play that same position. And a lot of times they do get moved around. And I think with Kalen Bullock, he could be an option for the Giants even if McKinney's back because he, this guy's kind of a project to me. He's a little bit more developmental um, than some of these other prospects in this draft. And also, I think Jason Pinnock, great player, but he's going to be probably more of your box safety. And McKinney also can get into the box. So if you want to play like a, a big nickel or a dime package and have a third safety on the field, I mean, the depth is great to have. So Kalen Bullock could be an option there. I mean, some of you might believe in Dane Belton to fill that role as well. But Kalen Bullock still, I wouldn't expect him to step in and be a day one replacement for Xavier McKinney because McKinney provides so much as a run defender and Kalen Bullock simply doesn't. I think Bullock is one of these players who actually has a lot to gain or to lose in the scouting combine based on their measurables and their athletic testing because everyone's expecting this guy to be an elite athlete so he better be an elite athlete. If he's not he's probably going to fall down boards. On top of that he has room to go up the boards if for whatever reason somehow he trained really well added some muscle mass some weight some size and hit some nasty bench reps if this guy does a, like a high volume of bench reps at the combine he's going to shoot up draft boards because people are going to look at that as an indicator of he's still young growing get, getting stronger gaining his strength and has more room to grow so that's one of those players that i think can gain or lose something in the scouting combine like we just talked about players like Jaden Daniels Drake May Caleb Williams they're not going to gain or lose anything even if they are testing and they're not going to test because there's no point in risking anything but Bullock is one of those guys who I think his draft stock can have some serious movement based on how he performs this weekend but just to round it out with some strengths and weaknesses from pro football focus guys Strengths here are his elite movement skills and range. Hips and feet are like a cornerback. He has wide receiver-like ball skills. Good ability to watch a quarterback's eyes and bait them into throws. And from what I've watched and what I've seen, I agree with all of those points. I think he's got excellent range. Like, if you want your safety to line up on the far hash and get to the sideline for an interception, similar to that play that Xavier McKinney made against the Philadelphia Eagles at toe-tap interception in Week 18, you want a guy who has that ability to get really quick over to the sideline in coverage? Kalen Bullock can do that. But let's go into his weaknesses. 
lacks NFL level strength slash density when tackling, struggles to match up with tight ends due to his lack of strength, can get lost in his gap fits, lack of strength causes him to get reckless when tackling. And then all of those, I think, on my eye test are also true. Kalen Bullock is a player who doesn't have that physicality, doesn't have that size, does not have that mass. You're not putting this guy in the box. He's going to be very limited for you starting out in his NFL career, which is why I probably don't view him as a day one starter like maybe you might, Alex, or maybe some other analyst will. And again, there's always going to be differing opinions on draft prospects. But for me, I think that this guy is currently too big of a liability as a run defender to be a full-time or day one starter. This is a guy that I could envision being your big nickel and your big nickel safety in a, in a package like that, which for what it's worth, the Giants plan on running a hell of a lot more under Shane Bowen, a lot of extra defensive backs on the field. So Kalen Bullock could be one of those depth pieces that develops and hopefully becomes a better tackle in the pros. PFF has him in the 100th percentile for his coverage grade at free safety, but in the 5th percentile for run stop percentage and run defense grade uh, for free safety. So pretty extreme uh, like ends of the spectrum there. He's the best coverage safety in this draft class, and then he's like the worst run defending safety, and that's kind of what you're getting here, which is why I think Kalen Bullock, an interesting prospect, pretty exciting one too, just because of his movement skills and his ability to make plays on the football, but not a finished product, has a lot of work to be done, so that's why I think that if he does show up to the combine, puts up a bunch of bench press reps, maybe weighs in at 205 rather than 190 to 185, he could definitely do himself a lot of favors in his draft stock, but definitely a name to watch here for the New York Giants. Absolutely. I mean, look, the truth is he's probably more of a scheme-specific type of player if you're going to have him be your prominent free safety, not asking him to be the Xavier McKinney, like versatility wise, you're not going to ask him to, uh, you know, kind of move up to the box there and, and hold his own. You're going to ask him to be uh, that guy that really mans. If you want to play like a co- more of a cover one situation, have him just be that guy prowling back there could see it making a lot of sense. Um, in this system, we love, I mean, at least in Wink Martindale system, we loved uh, McKinney's versatility in the way that we were able to move him around the defense and create a lot of mismatches. Um, so, you know, in Shane Bowen's defense, it seems to me they're going to be playing a little bit more coverage based, um, relying more on their edge rushers to do the heavy lifting in the in the in the just the pass rush support because it doesn't seem like he. I mean, I mean, Joe Shane said it himself. This defense is going to be more or more so less reliant on the blitz packages and more so reliant on the individual talent like Kayvon Thibodeau and edge rushers and the interior guys to create that pass rush. So the coverage is going to be a little bit more of a focal point um, and you're going to be relying on those pass rushers to get the job done instead of creating these like kind of sub packages where you're asking your safeties to blitz, your linebackers to blitz, or your cornerbacks to blitz off the edge uh, where you then drop Kayvon Thibodeau into coverage, which again, you and I both agree uh, really pissed us off at times in 2024, uh, rather 2023 and 22 season. Uh, but the next guy on the list tiers the Giants have met with is Braden McGregor out of Michigan. Braden McGregor is a day three type of prospect. Um, decent quickness, decent athleticism, not the strongest player, lacks that functional strength. He will get caught up in blocks and, you know, against run defense, he struggles to get off of, you know, the offensive tackles that latch up to him. Um, I think that as a, as a pass rusher specific, he's more of like a a rotational guy. I think he's more of a guy that can be a third down kind of pass rusher. He's quick, fast, maybe decent uh, bend around the edge, but I'm not asking him to be a three down player. This is a developmental prospect out of Michigan. Um, you know, they have a great defense, so he knows how to win. He knows what it is like to play on it for a winning team, which you obviously love. Uh, but I do think that Braden McGregor probably is someone you take as a developmental piece that you sit behind, um, you know, a Kayvon or a Aziz or whoever, if the Giants go out into free agency, he's not someone you're drafting to make an impact on day 
day one. He's he's someone you're asking to give rest to Kayvon Thibodeau for a play or two. Um, you know, at least while he develops, see if you can get some upside out of him. What are your thoughts on Braden McGregor, who definitely lacked volume in the sack department, had 28 pressures last year, five sacks and 415 snaps? Yeah, I won't spend too much time on Braden McGregor because, again, this is one of your camp body depth pieces that you take on day three. You take a flyer on. You probably know he's going to contribute quite well on special teams, and that's your main selling point for drafting Braden McGregor. Uh, But one of the things that you do like, and my main takeaway from this, is his size. I think that there's been a trend here for the Giants this weekend, or really this week, looking at edge rushers with a lot of size. Like these big guys who, yes, are edge rushers, but also have the size to play on the interior. And Braden McGregor does fit that role. He's six foot six, 265 pounds. So in terms of edge rushers, usually you're talking 240 to 50. In terms of playing down on the defensive line, you're talking 260 to 280. And Braden McGregor in there at 265, six foot six. More so my takeaway here is not Braden McGregor is going to be a target. Braden McGregor is a sleeper. Nothing like that. I think that this is a day three player who's a role-specific player, a special teams contributor immediately, and hopefully developmental into an eventual contributor on your defense. But really, this player at his size is my takeaway. The Giants have been scouting in specific edge rushers with size. Like we've mentioned Darius Robinson as a player who fits the Missouri um, edge rusher. We think that he makes a lot of sense for the Giants. And again, that's because of his size and his ability to play as a five tech and also as a three tech, you know, move outside to inside. And I think that Braden McGregor isn't a player that I'm expecting to do that for the Giants. I really think this is a guy who contributes on special teams as a day three pick. But I think the takeaway is the Giants are profiling draft prospects on the edge with excess size so that they can move inside. So that should give you more of a hint into what the Giants are planning for their defensive scheme than it should for what they're planning in terms of who they're targeting in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. So the next guy on the list is actually another Michigan player. Giants seem to be meeting with a lot of Michigan talent. Um, Obviously, a really, really good defense last year, similar to how the Eagles just funnel Georgia players into their defensive scheme. Uh, Maybe the Giants are trying to do something in Michigan this year. Um, Another guy, I actually really like this player, Junior Colson. Really solid athlete, 21 years old, 6'3", 247, lots of production last year. He's known as a coverage linebacker. So you got Bobby Okereke, who had... Should have been a pro bowler last year. He was tremendous for us. Played every single defensive snap. We love him to death. Um, Junior Colson, pairing him with Bobby O'Karrake would be something really special. Obviously, they really like Micah McFadden. They think he can be an impact player for us long term. Needed a little bit more time to develop. Good instincts. You know, missed some tackles, but mainly it's because he shot into the backfield so fast. He was just a split second too late. Uh, But Junior Colson, really good in coverage. Good downfield trigger. Decent run support. His tackling grades are off the charts. Really solid player. Gave up 185 yards in coverage had um, and gave up one touchdown last year. So, you know, that's over 35 receptions on 36 targets. So, you know, they targeted him infrequently because he was their primary coverage linebacker. And he made a lot of nice plays. He had 68 tackles with a 4.7% missed tackle rate, which is extraordinarily low. Um, so, you know, right now I'm thinking, rather, sorry, 25 receptions on uh, 36 targets. I think I said 35 receptions. But really solid player from Junior Colson. I think that this would be a really nice uh player for the Giants to target if he was there in the second round but again I like Michael McFadden I don't think it's I'm not looking for a linebacker in the second round I think there's a lot more value we can get from other positions but um, it is important to know that they did meet with a guy like Junior Colson who certainly I think could probably be a starting linebacker on day one in the NFL Um, what are your thoughts on him as someone the Giants could consider targeting especially because of his coverage qualities 
Yeah, the main thing that I like about Junior Colson is that he was the heart. He was the middle, the quarterback, the focal point of a Michigan defense that was absolutely elite in 2023. Michigan won the national championship. Yes, J.J. McCarthy played a role. Yes, Blake Corum was a huge part of that as the running back on offense. But their defense was really what took them to the championship pedigree and got them that trophy. And Junior Colson being the inside linebacker on that unit obviously he played a big role. So that's kind of one of the things that I take away from this is that the Giants still maintaining their status of uh, being a team that values leadership capabilities and qualities of players who are capable of leading a unit. And that's what Junior Colson is, again, as as the, the inside linebacker for Michigan's absolutely stellar defense. Now, is he a prospect that blows you away? Is he a prospect that fills a huge need for the New York Giants? No, not necessarily. One thing that I will say, though, Alex is we do talk a lot about Micah McFadden. His contract is coming to an end pretty soon. It's kind of hard to believe, but you know, it's it's gone by pretty fast. This is going to be, I believe, his third season in the NFL, which means after this 2025, he's going to be an impending free agent, uh, or he's going to be going into the final year of his deal. So it doesn't hurt to add extra depth at that linebacker position, just in case, you know, what if Micah McFadden continues to play at a high level, and then all of a sudden, he wants to cash in with a really big contract elsewhere. It's totally possible. So having somebody kind of in your farm system uh, to kind of take terminology from baseball, you know, that that helps to have extra linebackers behind your starting linebackers just continuing to develop, and having that next man up mentality just in case one of your players does depart in free agency. So we believe that Bobby Okereke and Micah McFadden or this linebacker unit for the next several years, but you never know. God play him for the worst, and one of those guys could leave um, and whenever their contracts end, which I believe is in the same offseason. So that's probably adding to the Giants wanting to find more linebacker talent. But to focus more on Junior Colson rather than the Giants' lack thereof, a need for the linebackers. I like him, six foot three, 247 pounds. Again, 21 years old, a leader at that age, and a really good defense. So I love all those things. To pull up some of the PFF stats, their strengths for him. Willing to be physical, to take on blocks, good feel for zones, responsibilities, doesn't run himself out of position versus play action to pre-snap motion. I think that's huge in the modern NFL. Good pre-snap recognition, again, huge in the modern NFL. But some of his weaknesses, they describe him as a good, not great athlete, say he's a bit tight to change direction, uh, and decent at getting off blocks, but can still struggle at times. He had very high uh, coverage grades and run defense grades, but his forced incompletion percentage and stop percentage were low. So uh, to put that into context, basically PFF's stable metrics are saying that he was in the right position to make a lot of those plays in run defense, but he wasn't necessarily making the stops on third downs and actually completing those plays. So kind of, as you mentioned, Alex, getting in the backfield in a hurry and applying pressure to the backfield, to the quarterback, to the running back, but maybe not finishing those plays, shooting those gaps, really good at that stuff, that play recognition, but finishing through the plays. But for what it's worth, that's kind of the same scouting report that we heard and had for Micah McFadden coming out of the draft. So I think this is a player with a similar playing style to that. Um, and we know that McFadden, as a rookie, yes, struggled in many ways, but we saw the flashes and then in year two developed into a much better player. So I would expect Junior Colson to be able to start as a rookie, but take a step forward as he continues to develop. So I like him. Good player for the Giants. I think makes a lot of sense, especially considering those contracts. I think there's only two years left on McFadden's deal, three years left on Okereke's deal. So they'll be up uh, pretty shortly. And you want to at least have somebody in there, there in there that you feel could maybe develop into a successor for either one of those guys. Yeah, and the Giants also looked at another uh, linebacker in Jalen Ford out of Texas. So this is not as good of a player by any means to Colson, but um, this is a solid 
you know, player in terms of ex- experience. I think he played 45 collegiate games. So he's a senior this past year, 22 years old, six foot three, 242 pounds. Um, you're looking at this more of a day, like, like a round five or six, kind of like a Mike McFadden range, even maybe a little bit uh, further. Really good instincts, but um, did struggle to a degree. 12.7% missed tackle rate, did have 69 tackles, gave up, um, let's see here, 407 yards in coverage, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, doesn't have the great, the, the best speed, doesn't have the best athletic profile, but good instincts versatile and how they can use him and you know he's a guy who can stick into the box and and he'll be in the right place at the right time you know this is someone that's you're developing over over the course of uh, a couple of years more so than asking him to be an instant starter but because he has so much college experience he could lead a defense you know he has the uh, ability to be the commanding officer of a defense like we don't need that because of Bobby Okereke's role Uh, but if you wanted to you know Draft a guy like this, develop him for a couple seasons. He's got the leadership and communication qualities to be that green dot player. Um, maybe he develops into somebody. Otherwise, you know, he does lack some functional athleticism and speed to be that sideline to sideline type of player. But again, we've seen crazier things happen than someone that has knocks in those in those uh, categories become solid NFL talent. If you're in the right place at the right time, so sometimes you can cover that up uh, with the lack of you know for a lack of speed. Uh, you know, look at Bobby Wagner, a guy that just is in the right place at the right time. It isn't the fastest guy on earth he just is always there when you need him so you know kind of have that superhero mentality when you know always just shows up the right time the right place and I think that Jalen Ford has had that type of quality but does lack some consistency um so there is a lot of development to go through for him more of a late round draft guy what are your thoughts on Jalen Ford you know these these late round draft guys are more so like a dime a dozen um you can pick any of them and they could become something so you know I'll let you get your tech on them but we'll move on to Byron Murphy who's a little bit more of an intriguing prospect in a second yeah, excited to talk about Byron Murphy, but firstly, I'll, I'll give my take on Jalen Ford, and I'll, I'll be pretty realistic with this. This is a player that you're probably drafting with the expectation that he's going to be a backup. You're not drafting him and hoping that he develops into a starter. You're just drafting him to be a body on your team and be a backup. And one of the reasons that I think the Giants are scouting him and probably the biggest selling point for Jalen Ford here, Alex, I think you're going to like this stat. He's one of five linebackers in this draft class with 500 or more special team snaps in his career. So we know that the Giants had a Pretty tough special teams unit this past season, honestly, for the past couple of seasons under Thomas McGahee, and I think that it's going to be a point of emphasis for them on day three, not only to get guys who could serve as backups on their defense or offense, but to get guys who serve as starters on special teams. That's really what I see here with Jalen Ford. I don't think he'd ever be a starter in the NFL necessarily. I mean, I'm not going to say that he can't be, uh, but you know, anybody can develop and you can always hit on a shocking player in the late rounds, but I think that the expectation for Jalen Ford would be you're drafting him so that he can become a starter on your special teams and never lose sight of the fact that that's very valuable. You know, to, to draft a player that you think can be a competent or quality backup in the NFL and they turn into a starter for your special teams, that's a win for most most NFL GMs. They're going to take that every single day. So Jalen Ford, six foot three, 240 pound inside linebacker from Texas. Again, there's some flaws in his game. He's not the most athletic player. He's not going to step in and be a day one starter on your defense for sure. However, he could potentially be a contributor early on on special teams. And again, the Giants do need to improve in that regard. Absolutely. So let's move on to Byron Murphy the second. This is a guy that a lot of people, I mean, Lance Erline said something interesting. A lot of people are talking about Devondre Sweat. And if Murphy, you know, if he was a little bit bigger, 
you'd be talking about as consensus probably the better option in terms of becoming a better NFL talent. Um, Byron Murphy's a really good freaking player. He's someone that soaks up double teams. They think his size is about maxed out at six foot, 297 pounds. Dude's a massive human being. Um, you know, had the second ranked production score according to NFL next gen stats, and he's the second ranked uh, total score among uh, his position at the interior defensive line. His pass rush stuff is legitimate. Um, you know, had 45 pressures and six sacks last year for Texas. Uh, I think this is a guy who could be a very, very good NFL player. You know, gives me like his pro comp is Ed Oliver. If you stick an Ed Oliver next to Dexter Lawrence, you're in a really good spot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kayvon Thibodeau, Byron Murphy, Dexter Lawrence, get a free agent uh, pass rusher. You're in a really good spot to have one of the better defensive lines in football um, long term if you if you develop these players correctly. So Byron Murphy, really interesting player. Again, not sure exactly where he's going to go. You may have more of an idea. He could be a first-round talent, probably a first-round talent if we're being quite honest with you. Um, so I don't think the Giants are within range to get a player like this, but – if he managed to slip a little bit, or the Giants want to trade up and try to snag him, you know, who knows? The Giants could try to do something kind of unique there and, and add a talent that could really overhaul their defensive alignment and give them an interior guy who is next level um, to what we have behind. I mean, look, we, we have, I think, Rakeem knows we have Nacho still. Ashawn Robinson is a free agent. Maybe we bring him back. I think we can survive with those types of players, but they're a little bit older, a little bit more seasoned. Um, I'm okay with that at a cheap price point. But if you want to go young with a lot of upside, someone who soaks up those double teams just like Dexter Lawrence, you're going to open up tons of opportunities for your edge rushers with two guys of this size in the interior defense. It's certainly something um, exciting to think about. You know, What are your thoughts on Byron Murphy? Byron Murphy's a stud. He is the better of the two defensive linemen out of Texas, in my opinion. I don't think it's very close. I think Tavondre Sweat, sometimes when you watch him, he looks like he's running with cinder blocks on his ankles because he is almost 400 pounds. So he's a big dude, and he's going to be very specific in one role in the NFL. Byron Murphy has versatility to do just about everything for your defense. I mean, he's an excellent pass rusher from the interior. He's a solid run defender. Is he a three-down player? I'm not sure because he is a little bit undersized, and that's kind of the other half of this discussion. You ask me, where's he going to go? Is he a first-round pick? He probably was until he just weighed in today at the Combine um, and was listed at six foot at 297 pounds. Kind of hard to succeed at the NFL level as an interior defensive lineman when you're six foot 297 pounds. So there was some discussion. I mean, he was number 11 on PFF's big board going into this week. I, I can almost guarantee you they're going to drop him down a bit. I'm pretty familiar with Trevor Sikama and how he grades these players. And they had Jerzon Newton, Illinois uh, defensive tackle at 20 on that big board. I always thought Jerzon Newton was the better prospect between these two. This kind of solidifies that for me. Byron Murphy weighing in at 297 pounds and being only six foot, that's a huge red flag for me. Uh, and some, some fans might not agree with that. Some scouts, NFL analysts, maybe some guys won't agree. I think that the you know game tape always speaks volumes, and his tape is phenomenal. Like, Alex, if you turn on this guy's film, you're going to fall in love with him. I just know what you like yeah. in defensive linemen. He has a like similar size to Ed Oliver, almost identical. Yeah. Yeah, he's very similar to Ed Oliver, but it's very rare that players at that size succeed. Like it's Ed Oliver, Aaron Donald, and the rest of them are probably backups in the NFL. So that's where my concern lies with Byron Murphy. But again, you turn on the film, you take a look if you want to go through his Andre PFF Patterson. stats and stuff. Andre Patterson is the guy that you would trust <laughs> to make the most of this player it is a really good point to make. But if you look at his PFF he ranks in the 100th percentile in pass rush grade against true pass sets, 98th in pass rush win percentage, 98th percentile in run defense grade, 90th percentile in run stop percentage. So, like, the guy is great. He does it all. I really like Byron Murphy as a prospect, but I do think it's worth noting where is his draft stock going to lie after this combine, after he weighed in at 297, six foot. 
Maybe he was a top 10 to 20 pick. Maybe now he's a top 20 to 40 pick. You know, so I think that this is an option for the Giants. Whereas a week ago, we probably would have said there's no shot that the Giants are going to be able to draft this guy. Maybe with the 39th overall pick, if he does slide that far, I mean, you're getting a guy that many viewed early in the draft process as a potential top 15 player. So this could be similar to an Aziz Ojalari situation where he goes to the combine, something pops up, and some NFL teams decide to get a little sour on him. He falls into the second round right into your lap. You have no choice but to take him. Could be a similar situation to that with Aziz Ojalari, but instead with Byron Murphy, who I think is an absolutely phenomenal interior defensive lineman with a lot of versatility, a lot of pass rushing upside. You could definitely dream of him playing in the Shane Bone defense where he's going to be playing, yes, a lot of interior defense, but because he is a bit undersized, kicking out to that tackle spot, playing a little bit of edge rusher for you is more of that like Leonard Williams kind of five-tech beefy edge rusher role, setting the edge and getting after the quarterback. I could see Byron Murphy doing those things and having that versatility. So a really good prospect. Not sure if the Giants would be able to land him. He's probably still going to go in the first round, but if he does fall into their laps in day two, it's a player they definitely have to consider taking. Yeah, I mean, look, the truth is simple. If he was at 39, let's say the Giants decided, we're, you know, we're not, we're not going to get a quarterback. Let's go Malik Neighbors, Romo Dunze, and then you end up at Byron Murphy at 39, plus having another second-round pick. I mean, that's a really good draft, you know, from – the irrespective of not landing a quarterback, if you walk away with Malik Neighbors and Byron Murphy, those are two instant starters, two guys that could be instant, like, legit impact player. I mean, we know Neighbors is a superstar. Odunze is a superstar. Those are blue-chip quality prospects. You hand-deliver Byron Murphy to... Andre Patterson to work alongside Dexter Lawrence, you're in a good spot. You know what I mean? Like like you said, if there's anyone that you want coaching up a guy like Byron Murphy the second, it's Andre freaking Patterson. He's the one guy that I trust to get the most out of him. Um, on top of that, Dexter Lawrence is already soaking up double, if not triple teams. Byron Murphy has that size, or not, rather not, I wouldn't say the size, but he has the um, functional strength to soak up double teams, attack, Open up one v one scenarios for those outside guys. Soak up, uh, you know, those running backs in the run game and those blockers in the run game. Um, you know, that's a line I'd love to see. You know, you go out and you sign Bryce Huff or you sign a legit free agent um, pass rusher to pair with Kayvon Thibodeau and you draft Byron Murphy. The Giants are going to have a defensive line to freaking watch next year, guaranteed. That's something I'd love to see if the Giants go down that path. But next guy and the last guy on this list is Jaden Hicks, six foot three, two hundred and twelve pounds safety. Of Washington State. This is one of the other guys the Giants have met with at the Combine so far. Had 64 tackles last year, 14.7% missed tackle rate, gave up 170 yards in coverage, did have two interceptions. A um, little inconsistent in coverage, had a couple of really good games, um, but otherwise, you know, probably a late round, another late round kind of guy, mid round kind of guy. Really good size, though. 6'3, 212 is a really good size for a safety. Um, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, Caden. For Kalen uh, Bullock a little bit earlier, 190 pounds. I keep thinking Caleb. Uh, Caleb Williams in my top of my head, Kalen Bullock. Um, this is a guy that has 23 pounds extra at the same exact height. So I like the size here. Can probably step up and support in the run game. Um, good tackling grades across the board. Decent in coverage. This is someone I'd like to maybe develop behind the scenes um, and see what he's got. You know, what are your thoughts on Jaden Hicks as someone the Giants might be able to land in the mid-late rounds and develop as a strong safety more so than a free safety? 
Yeah, Hicks here is like the complete change of pace to Bullock, as we were mentioning earlier. I mean, you're talking about uh, Kalen Bullock being a guy who you're expecting to step in day one and make little to no impact in, against the run, but a tremendous impact against the passing game. Kind of the opposite for Jaden Hicks. Not that he's going to make no impact against a passing game, but you are expecting him to be a solid run defender from that safety position because he's got the ability. He's got, first of all, the size, as you mentioned, at six foot three, 215 pounds. We'll see what he weighs in on. I think tomorrow is the one the defensive backs are up, but uh, we'll see where he weighs. But six foot three, 215 is what he was listed in college, and he played really all three levels free safety, strong safety, linebacker, plays in the slot as a nickel cornerback. This is a physical like a physical safety that you want in the box. Like this is the guy that you want to drop down and help aid in run defense. So when you're in those nickel packages, which again, looking at trends here for the New York Giants, they've been interviewing with a lot of versatile defensive linemen who move inside outside and they're they're interviewing with just a lot of defensive backs. Like they need to add more help to the secondary because Shane Bowen is going to play a lot of nickel and a lot of dime. So getting as many bodies, capable bodies on the field as possible is going to be a point of emphasis. So the Giants, I expect them to probably start looking at cornerback soon too. I think in free agency, they're going to have to add some talent in their secondary, but a guy like Jaden Hicks does make sense because he is one of those players who does aid you in both the running game and the passing game. For PFF, they have him as solid tackler, viable slot player, good eyes for proper coverage roles, comfortable and capable when playing at the linebacker level. Weaknesses, though, they said man coverage ability is there in flashes, but is inconsistent. Straight line speed is good, not great. Well, we'll see once he runs his 40. Can be a bit over-aggressive in his pursuit angles. And for his uh, metrics, his run defense grade was in the 61st percentile, but his run stop percentage was in the 82nd percentile. 96 percentile, though, coverage grade in the box. So again, as you mentioned, Alex, a strong safety option here, a player who can get in the box, play a good amount of linebacker safety hybrid role, you know, do the, the things that um, Isaiah Simmons was doing for this defense last year. And keep in mind, guys, Isaiah Simmons is an impending free agent. He's an unrestricted free agent this offseason. So if the Giants are unable to re-sign Isaiah Simmons, who was a pretty big part of their defense this past season in a rotational role, a very important rotational role, Jaden Hicks could be potentially your replacement similar size, similar playing style, a, a replacement for Isaiah Simmons. I think that's the role that you would be looking at for Jaden Hicks if he were to land with the New York Giants. Yeah, I mean, some people think he can go as high as a day two pick. So, you know, late round, probably not. You're maybe looking more at a day two, like second round, third round type of draft uh, grade there. So definitely an intriguing player, someone maybe compete with Jason Pinnock uh, long term for the starting job. If, you know, the Giants decide we want to pay Jason Pinnock uh, long term, you could bring in a guy like this who could take the job from him in a couple of years. So, you know, this is definitely an exciting uh, kind of period for the Giants and looking at and meeting with a lot of really good young talent, some really exciting players, lots more to come. Obviously, wanted to take a step away from the quarterback discussion. I think beating it like a dead horse a thousand times, and you know we're really intrigued by it, but um, we're going to have to wait and see. And at this point, at least we finally have some news to discuss all these other positions the Giants need, all these other players that could land in our laps, and I think there's some really good players and talent the Giants are meeting with, so excited to keep providing you guys with that information. And with that being said, Anthony, I'll let you send this off excited to send this off happy to do it i mean listen i'm just really excited that the combine is finally here i'm going to be keeping my eyes glued to the tv to social media seeing what these defensive linemen run today what they bench today all that fun stuff um it's it's going to be really exciting because now we're finally seeing some of these players maybe alex that i've been really high on and been interested in i could be like yo look at this like go go check them out and of course pump that to the channel as well and have all of you check out some of our favorite players of course once malachi corley runs that 40 yard dash alex is going to be sure to 
update all of you on his draft stock and how quickly his favorite player in this draft is rising. And I will be sure to do the same when Xavier Leggett shows up here and looks like an absolute unit on the bench. So it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend, kind of continuing to discuss these draft prospects and any more rumors um, that are coming out of this process. Because again, while we're talking about players that they're interviewing with, keep in mind, guys, tomorrow is Friday. Joe Shane said he's having his first meeting with Xavier McKinney's agents on Friday. So there is actually a possibility here, Alex, that maybe during this weekend, Xavier McKinney signs an extension. It's possible, um, but it's also likely that it happens closer to uh, March 11th, I believe, is when the legal tampering period begins. But it's that close, guys. Like, we are really close. March 5th is, is the deadline for franchise tags, transition tags, all that stuff. So they got to get their their negotiations ramped up into high gear over this weekend at the Combine. So we'll, of course, continue to update you on all of those things and everything else surrounding the New York Giants and the NFL Draft right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. Comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you're listening to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado, we'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one, and let's go Giants.